Hey folks, welcome to a podcast about Catholic things. This is Eric, the Ambassador of Common Sense, and I'm here with... I'm Dan, the Ambassador of Nonsense. Welcome everyone. By the way, we have the beer of the week this week. It's Shorts Brewery, uh, Humalupalicious. It's an India Hum- Pale Ale. Uh, it sounds by like Shorts. a Willy Wonka beer. It does, doesn't it? It's brewed by Huma, Shorts Brewery Elk Rapids, Michigan. Well, there's a reason for its name. Uh, the bitterness of beer... Uh, comes from hops, and the hops have uh, special glands in them, in the fruits, called lupulin glands. And the lupulin glands produce a oil called cumulus. Uh, and an IPA, as this is, typically is, is a little bit higher on the bitterness scale. And therefore, the name Huma Lupalicious, Humulus Lupulinlicious. So this is... This beer, okay, uh, Dan actually sent me the beer now, so I, I'm able to test it too. And right. I this I guess I just don't have a sophisticated palate for this stuff. This tastes like uh, old Budweiser, which someone has poured sugar in. <laughs> that's that's what it, because there's some sweet. There's a, there, there's a there's fruitiness. There's sugar in there. Uh, yeah. A, yeah, a fruitiness from, that's that's the hops. And it's bitter. And and it's bitter, right, right. That's which okay. is the you know, obviously the hops. That's the beer uh, of the week. Is that available anywhere except Michigan? Is that like available over the country? Oh yeah. I mean I I, I don't live in Michigan, I live in Indiana. I went to Kroger and bought it. Oh, okay. That's right. You're not even in me. I thought Michigan you were in Michigan. Anymore. Right. No. Okay. That's uh so yeah, that's it's available everywhere. Uh Shorts Brewery has a number of um beers that, that they distribute nationwide. Okay. Let's see. this week we are going to do part two of our uh podcast on demons. Right. And right. hey, by the way, if if we're doing demons, should I mention that I've been to hell and back? You've been to hell and back? Yeah. Uh, okay. There's a city called Hell in the Cayman Islands. I did not know that. Yeah. And you went there? <laughs> I went there. And it's and pretty back. cool. And and I'm back. So I've been to hell and back. But uh this is um, it as bad as they say? It's well <laughs> You know, it was actually pretty pleasant, but, uh, they have this, um, uh, it's a tiny, tiny city and, and it's entire, uh, it's entire economy is, is tourists wanting to be able to say they've been to hell and back. I see. Um, But as you can imagine, but they do have these really interesting rock formations that look like volcanic rock. Think of, you know, like, like pumice, uh, except think about pumice uh like worn away into these sharp shards and stuff like that you could probably look up yeah. you know, grand cayman and, and see pictures of it um and i mean i mean it looks like you know if hollywood wanted to to have a a scene you know to depict hell that th- this is what they would pick it's really interesting yeah uh but it turns out they're not volcanic rock at all they're actually um i don't know some kind of uh calcite based rock and it it's just that the um, the wearing from the combination of, of standard weather wearing and certain kinds of bacteria happen to wear them the, the particular way that they are. And they're like razor sharp. They've got these walls set up so wooden uh, barriers to yeah. mark off where people aren't allowed to go. And you're not allowed to mess with them or, or break them or anything like that. Uh, but apparently they're razor sharp. If you try to walk into them, you'd cut yourself all up anyway. Did you um, uh, like take pictures of them? I did take pictures of them. Yeah, I, I should send uh, you some pictures. We can put them on the website. Send me a couple here. pictures. Yeah, we'll put them on the website yeah. in case someone right. wants to see what hell looks like. That's right. And was there a party? Because they say there's no party in hell. There was no party. Okay. Let's see. Now, with these 
podcasts, you know, we record them and then I put on my headphones and I have to listen to them as I edit them and cut my dog barking out and things like that. And then uh, the whole time I'm listening to them, I'm like, man, I forgot to mention this and I forgot to mention that. And since this is a two-parter, I get to come back and mention the things that I should have mentioned that right. somehow got left out of my notes. And one of the big things is that because we think of good and evil as opposites, and they are kind of opposites, but in a sense they are not opposites right. because one is more solid than the other, um, people also think of God and the devil as opposites. Uh, and They are nowhere near. <laughs> right. The, yeah. the devil's entire existence for now and for always, completely relies on God's will. Yeah, yeah. So, in fact, in a sense, the devil's hatred of God is a rebellion against his own existence. Yeah, yeah. So there's, uh, it's just something that whenever you think of the devil, you should keep in mind that they are not, they're not like the yin and the yang. They're, right. Uh, right. the devil's God is, completely... God is the first principle of everything, including the devil's existence. Yeah. So I wanted to get that in. Um, also, I, I, we, you know, we really didn't talk about what exactly the devil wants mm -hmm. and why it wants it. And I guess the, the first part of what the devil wants is to rebel against God and everything that God has made and created. And part of what moves the devil is an intense hatred for not just God, but for man because of our adoption. By God, right, right, and there's a this intense envy uh, and pride that drive the devil to hurt man, or, or the devil wants to hurt God by hurting man, mm -hmm. or by dragging man away from God. But right. if they can't hurt God, or they can't drag man away from God, they are just as happy to hurt man because uh, that's what they do. They want to hurt things. Um, the reason they can't is because God keeps them from doing it. Right. We talked about that last week. That, yeah. That, you know, uh, angels have in their nature the ability to manipulate the material world. So yeah. if, if God were not simply holding that as back as, as a uh, protection, uh, yeah, the, the, the fallen angels, the demons, they would be able to inflict tremendous uh, pain on us. Right. And we would be powerless to do anything about it. Right. But as it is, that's not the case. So, um, and then, uh, let's see, there's, there's one other thing. And, you know, when we think about demons, um, there's kind of a, there are different sci-fi entities out there that, that people have thought up in cases where, like, if you tell, there's, a, say, a group of creatures, and if one of them sees something, then all of them see it, or all of them know it because of either either because they share one mind or their communication is is so good that oh. that any one of them knowing it would make all of them know it right. and that's not the case with demons um <clears throat> and they are there is a hierarchy because that hierarchy existed when they were angels and there are orders and classes of demons and some of them are over other ones and mm -hmm. have power over other ones. Yeah, they they do. Uh, the lower ones do the higher ones' biddings. Right, and they do communicate to a certain extent. 
but um, they don't communicate that well. And in their communications, it's not like it's not like the communication between angels, whereas all of them are working for one purpose, and that is the greater glory of God. Right. Um, the demons are working towards the opposite, but that includes selfishness. So they're not okay. We're all on a team here to get this guy to turn away from God. They only uh, they only talk to each other when it works for them. Mm-hmm. I guess is the the. They're not some mass organized crime syndicate, or at least they're not well organized. They are right. organized and maybe better than humans could ever do it, but not in the way that angels are. Mm-hmm. And they have self-interest higher than the interests of each other. And it's, right. it's one of those things you would keep in mind if you think you're dealing with a demon. It's true. That would lead us into the thoughts of demons and the way they think and the way they know. Th- and you were going to look into that. Yes, yes. So there's there's a few things that we kind of touched on last week. Um, so the one of the things we said was that angels and therefore demons. I'll I'll speak mainly in in terms of angels, uh, and be, because the nature of everything that I'm talking about applies to demons. Yeah. Um. I won't, you know I won't keep saying angels or demons. So angels don't have the ability to. They don't go through a process of creating new knowledge from existing knowledge. Uh, by bringing to light things that that they might be able to know, but but they don't, or a process of um, uh, I'm going to say discovery. It's it's and and that's um, if you take discovery one way, they they do because their knowledge does continue to increase. For example, as as time goes on in the world, and as they see people do things, they they now know what the person did. That you know, so their knowledge right. increases in that sense. Um, but but. Um, or they discover in that sense, but they don't discover in the sense of of wondering about something and then going and finding that out. Now, it's we we refer to these different aspects the the um, of intellect in man as passive and active intellect, um, also sometimes referred to as potential and actual intellect. And to kind of understand or get at almost what it's like for an angel to know something um i i've i've come up with a few analogies none of them is going to be perfect all okay. together hopefully they kind of convey some idea the, the problem is that ex- as an experience we don't really have any point of reference for for you know the knowledge of an angel it would be very difficult for us um to have a a sympathetic understanding of angel's knowledge we could just kind of talk about it intellectually using terms that that yeah we we, we can, don't experience it. we can talk about it intellectually but but to have a sympathy for what it really means is very difficult but but i think a few analogies i can kind of convey a little bit of the sense of of what knowledge is like for an angel and one of the things that uh i think is kind of a sticking point uh for you know that that people would have trying to think about this is this concept of angels not having active and passive intellect when you understand that passive intellect, also often called potential intellect, is you kind of describe it as, well, those are the things that you could know, that that you have the potential to know, and then the active intellect is the act of, of applying the things you do know in order to bring the light and, and to actuate your potential intellect so that it becomes actual 
knowledge now, an actual understanding. Okay. And the the what's difficult about that is you, you think, well, gee, if an angel, you know, he doesn't know the future, you know, he doesn't know what somebody's going to do until they do it, and then they do it, and now he knows, wasn't that potential knowledge? And the answer is no, and to understand why, uh, you want to think about the difference. We can almost think about the difference in us between potential knowledge and the mere absence of knowledge. So, for example, um, I I don't know the age of Kim Jong-un, okay? I, I could find out. I don't want you to find out. But I could go on the internet and I could find out when he was born. And then I would know 35. his age. 35. So, don't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just made that up. <laughs> anyway. Um, but the point is, that's a potential knowledge. Because it's a thing that I have a potentiality of knowing in my intellect is you can almost think of potential knowledge as a slot of knowledge that could be filled in okay. that's sitting there. It's, it's potentiality is already in my intellect. Now consider okay. a country that I've never heard of a hypothetical country that I've never heard of in a part of the world that I've never particularly focused my, uh, my thoughts while looking at a map uh, that has some structure of government that I you know, don't don't know what they have, and they have some leader of government uh, who you know rules or governs them right now. Now, I don't know what his age is either, but that doesn't even represent potential knowledge because there's no potentiality for that for me to fill in. It's a mere absence of knowledge, you know, because the, there's yeah. You know what you see? So that's that's right. kind of the difference between potential knowledge versus mere absence of knowledge. And for the angels, the things that they don't know that they know as as the world unfolds, that they continue to gain knowledge of in terms of material, the material world, it's more like the country that, that I don't know anything about. Now, okay. consider even more that, you know, because the, the, the angel's knowledge of the material world is perfect. Uh, whereas ours, you know, we, we have a lot of stuff that we don't know and, and, and we got to figure out and so forth. So consider, th think about like if the mere, uh, so you don't know about this country or its leader or whatever, but merely telling you the name of the country would somehow automatically plug you into absolute complete knowledge of everything about the country, its history, its, uh, you know, geography, the, the geology and topography, the history of that part of the world before it became that country, all the people who ever lived in the country, the system of government and the various systems of government that it's had, as well as the age of its current leader. Everything, just boom, all at once. So the mere knowledge of the existence of the country is also absolute, complete knowledge of everything about the country itself. That's kind of how the angel's yeah. knowledge of the material world is as it unfolds. Uh, yeah. I wish so, I had that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that would be nice. <laughs> be pretty neat. You, you'd pass every social studies test for sure. <laughs> so when we say an angel is smart uh, or that demons are smart, this is the kind of knowledge that they have. Yeah. Uh, they have everything that was given to them by God. And he did, uh, apparently he gave some angels more than other angels according to his will. Or at least that's what Aquinas says. Right, right. Um, but... I think it was described as, as far as the knowledge that angels have, or the amount of knowledge they have, and the knowledge as it comes down through the 
the hierarchy of um i've heard it described as a number of glass pl- panes and you would shine light through them and by the time the light gets to the bottom it has essentially gone through all the other angels. So you're thinking that the angels, and that's one thing I did not look up in Aquinas, is that the angels' mode of knowing, and, and so you're saying that that their mode of knowing for some angels is only from the knowledge of other angels. That's what I got from it, but again, you're getting you're getting pretty deep into a whole other subject, yeah. and so yeah. I just okay, well that's interesting, but. Right. The thing about demons is the demons no longer receive knowledge uh, that the angels still receive. I, I don't know how to explain this because it's not... Um, but I think that there are at least some angels, some of them now demons, uh, to whom it was given from their creation. It's part of their nature. And maybe this is all angels in some respect, to have complete knowledge of the material world. Right. Which means they're simultaneously aware of, you know, uh, a galaxy being created 800 billion light years away and a star falling into the black hole at the middle of our galaxy and a baby being born on Earth. And these um, are all things in the natural world. Yes. But things yes. things in the supernatural is revealed from God. Yeah. And an angel knows it absolutely because it's revealed from God. But demons are cut off from, from supernatural knowledge, knowledge. Right. and that, and in that way, they can err. Mm-hmm. They can be wrong, right? Which they are, and I, I, you know, I think they were at say when Jesus was here, um, saving us from our sins. It, I don't think the devil really understood what was going on, right? Until it was right. too late. So um, that's yeah. Okay. Um, the next part of this. Well, the the other thing that I was gonna point out is is that this is something that that thomas aquinas brought up but it kind of it kind of helps us um even though angels knowledge of the material world is perfect and and in fact not only perfect in the sense of knowledge of the current state of the material world and all the history of the material world but but their knowledge of the causes of the material world is perfect such that they know you know everything in the future of the universe to the extent that it it occurs by necessity from what from you know existing causes so for example okay. the gravity and the motions of the planets and the galaxies and their movement through space and all that stuff the angels are perfectly aware of 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 the entire uh movement of you know those kinds of things even into the future even to the end of time to the extent that they're governed um by mechanical causes and and so forth okay but, uh, but the only they, when, when someone's will is involved, yeah, they can't call it. That's uh, you know somebody's going to decide something. Angels have no idea what they're going to decide. They may guess. They may see patterns. They may know that a person has a weakness for something. That mm-hmm. that eighty percent of the time, if you put the thought of of a certain thing into their head at the right moment, they'll go into a uh, fit of road rage or something like that. You know, the just, right? Uh, yeah, they 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 acquire that knowledge. Um, but but they don't have the knowledge absolutely what you're going to do until you do it. Right. Uh, the other thing, though, and this this is I think what's what's kind of interesting and important. Um, they're not capable of holding multiple things in particular in their intellect at the same time. And here's here's an analogy. Um, and and this goes kind of to the nature of intellect. It, it, 
Thomas Aquinas says that, that it's only God who actually can do this. He doesn't give this power to other creatures. But think about us. We can think of, say, a car. And we can think of an engine, a transmission, wheels, uh, suspension, axles, body, frame. We can think of all of those things together at the same time, but only if we think of them at the same time as a car, as a totality. As soon as we try to think of a transmission not as part of a car, we can't simultaneously think of a tire not as part of a car. People may have minds that are fast enough to think back and forth between them very quickly to where they almost feel like they're thinking about them at the same time, but we can't actually focus our intellect, hold in our, in our mind the form of a transmission and a tire simultaneously not connected to a whole as a car. Okay. Well, the angels are the same way. I talked before about the galaxy and the black hole and the birth of a baby. They can be aware right. of all of that at once, but only as a totality of material creation. They can't focus on one thing of those and at the same time hold on their intellect another part of that, not as a whole. So if your angel, for example, or if you're, if a, um, uh, yeah, let's say let's say your you know your guardian angel, for example, uh, you're driving and you're having thoughts and and you're going on and on in your mind about your boss and, and how stupid he is and um, how wrong he was to uh, you know give you this assignment because it, you're just already overworked and he should understand and then you're building up more and more to the extent that that you're you know, you're you're crossing into a uh, almost like a sinful level of rage against your boss, and and you're just dwelling on these thoughts. Your guardian angel may be, you know, understanding what's going on and trying to help you, trying to find ways. Especially if you said your prayer to your guardian angel that morning, that kind of gives him permission to to sort of help whisper ideas into your mind. He's trying to help dissuade you from this, to to bring you back to a sort of Christian clarity about things. Mm -hmm. Well, if he's doing that. He might not, and this is, you know, I, I don't know the level of, of their capabilities. I'm just putting this as an example of how knowing that angels can't really hold two things in their intellects at the same time might affect how they interact with us. He might mm -hmm. not actually be focusing on the fact that the car, uh, you know, ahead of you and one lane over, uh, the guy just dropped his cigarette and he's reaching down the floor trying to find it without looking and he's going to come over and hit you. So he missed it. Well, so, and that's the point. If if your guardian angel had not been distracted trying to keep your mind from going into sinful territory, he might have actually been focusing on the guy with the cigarette and helped you avoid the car. Whereas in the case where you've got your guardian angel distracted with your bad thoughts, he didn't help you avoid the car. You get into a bad car crash or something like that. Again, better it, hope you had on clean underwear. <laughs> you better or hope any you underwear. underwear. You know what? You pray to your guardian angel, and hopefully he reminds you in the morning. <laughs> put put underwear on and don't drive naked. That's right. <laughs> that so, was reference to uh, last week's earlier, event that you right. have to go listen to if you haven't heard it. Okay. So anyway, that's that's but that's one of the but the demons too are that way. They have that limitation that they they can't uh, hold a understanding of multiple things in their heads at the same time. They have yeah. instant access to any one thing that they want, but they can't hold them at the same time. And so as the world unfolds with people making multiple decisions, 
they, you know, processing the ramifications of all the, not processing, that's the wrong word, but, but, but focusing the, the light of their, their intellectual knowledge, you know, of the material world on the ramifications right. of all those decisions at one time is not something that they can do. So we have a little bit of, of play, so to speak. Our guardian angels have a little bit of play to help us out uh, when it comes to some of this stuff. Okay. You know, some of this stuff also gets into, see, here's, um, well, wait a minute. Are we, are we done on the, the knowledge of angels? I, I think we are. There's, I mean, if, if okay. you feel like there's, there's, there's still some weirdness about, you know, I, I have some other analogies I could go into, but hopefully that's enough to get, you know, most people into a little bit of a, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I think I so. See how, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, but see, as I read different people about what they say the powers of demons and angels are, I get different stories. And we, I kind of touched on this last week, too, mm -hmm. because... A lot of it would depend on what our brains can do physically and and what it what it takes more than just the physical matter of brain cells to do, for example, calling up an image in our imagination uh there are some who would say that this that that we think by calling up physical inventories let's say uh, of images that we've stored. So our imagination is really a, a thought that we remember or a thing that we remember in our mind. Um, so if that's the case, then the demon, yes, can plant images. And as one exor, uh, exorcist pointed out, it can only be images that we have already seen or that we have already imagined because oh. it's actually a memory. Okay. Now that's, that's his claim. There, are, right. There's another school of thought that... Uh, that the imagination itself, the ability to create new images in our mind, is not part of memory and is physical, in which case the demon could do that as could well. manipulate that in order to perhaps combine uh, known images into distortions. Yeah, and there's that too, because uh, you can think of a Lamborghini that is white, and you can think of one that is red, but you've probably never actually seen one that looks like a candy cane. But, but you, you could, could probably pull an image in your brain up. Right. You know, so... Um, so the question, the is, question if, is, if you didn't ever make that, if you didn't ever, well, not a question, but a suggestion, is that if you didn't ever actually imagine a candy cane Lamborghini, um, if this idea of creating new images is is a physical process, even though it's driven by the will, if the process is physical, that it's possible uh, demons have the power to make you see a, or, you know, in your mind, see a candy cane Lamborghini, even if you'd never thought of that before. And that would be the case with anything that we remember or imagine through the use of the senses. So that could right. also be a smell or a sound and things like that. Mm -hmm. Or and even a feeling uh, of touch. So... It's one of those things that you could talk about all day, but we don't really know. I think most uh, most of the like the exorcists and the people who have studied this would say, yes, they can put some images into our imagination, mm -hmm. and they can be persistent with it and keep putting it there until we feel like we're going crazy. Right. So um, you know, that. I I uh, a a um, a priest once told me a uh, Byzantine priest actually. Uh, once told me that 
there are actually certain demons that specialize, for lack of a better word, on certain kinds of temptations by manipulating certain areas of the the memory and the imagination. Um, you know, some might be drinks, some might be gambling, some might be, say, pornography, and, right. you know, different things like that. I would imagine that's true, and I would imagine that uh, through the hierarchy of demons, they certain demons are appointed to certain people as they uh, make it apparent that they have certain uh, weaknesses. Mm. Mm-hmm. That makes um, sense. Right, right. And I, again, I, I think last week I had mentioned one of the uh, a possession case where um, the demon was Beelzebub, but made it clear that uh, they were not, it didn't want to leave the body yet because it hadn't spent long enough and it would be punished by Lucifer if it left so soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so so there's a sense of, of ruling over, one demon ruling over the others. Um, now, let me think here. There was a point that I wanted to... Okay, um, I, I see different accounts and I read a bunch of different opinions. And a lot of these, I would say, are qualified opinions. I mean, they're these are from... Exorcists who, who are have been qualified to have it. such opinions, right, 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 and and for example, um, there was one exorcist who said that uh, the the very hardest demons to drive out are the the mute demon. Oh, and I guess this is in the Bible. There was a mute demon, and that's so, the one that Jesus said you can only cast these out through prayer and fasting. Oh, so so mute, um, a mute. So mute demons, are, are these demons who have acquired the ability to not speak through the person they're possessing? Or are these demons who somehow lack the capacity to make to speak through a body that they're possessing? Yeah, I don't know. He didn't explain that. But here's the thing. I saw another account of a uh, documented possession where um, there were several main demons who were possessing the girl mm-hmm. and on top of that there were hordes and hordes of lesser demons and one of those groups of demons that were lesser that were very easy to drive out were mute demons huh so I, you hear different opinions and i i don't I, i'm not going to say any one of them are wrong right but um i think by the time you get that specific into demons and specific demons and uh, which ones are harder to drive out than, than others, I think it's almost, um, it's not helpful, really, to try to get that deep into uh, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, uh, I mean, certainly not at the level that... that not for know, the layman. Yeah, I mean, what, what, what we're trying to do is figure out how do we resist the temptations of, you know, uh, that, that might be um, brought on us um you know by by demons certainly um i i don't think right i don't think we should shy away from from the reality that yes there are temptations that that come from demons um but right. you know that is far far more prevalent than say actual possession right now when it comes to actual possessions um as you had mentioned last week, generally there and this is Almost every exorcist that I've read about or uh, watched in an interview or anything claimed that all of their cases um, involved someone who somehow invited the devil in. Mm -hmm. And it seemed to be the case that many of the—well, see, here's—we've got the different— 
things that, that people will talk about. Possession, obsession, and uh, pestering of demons, mm-hmm. and things like that. And I, I would say that, yeah, possession, you have to actually invite the demon in. You have to be complicit at some point in your life in that. Right, right. Now, that's not the case in cases of um, obsession or oppression. Right. Well, in fact, that the, that Byzantine priest that I uh, mentioned that was telling me, you know, the, the term he used was there are sins of obsession. And that's what he meant is that the, is that the temptations for those sins come about from a demonic obsession, you know, yeah. tempting the person. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that, and clear, and these yeah, are, you know, just sense. normal sins that you just go to confession for. I mean, it's not something that, mm-hmm. that is, you know, suddenly this, this big thing where you need an exorcist or anything like that. In fact, he said you can, I mean, you can say, you know, your, your own, you know, if you think you're being tempted, you know, you can say your own prayers of exorcism. Right. <clears throat> prayers of exorcism, kind of. Yeah. I now, mean, see, there, here's where we could, um, and and we haven't actually discussed this before, so you might disagree with me on this. Um, let's see. The word, th- things like prayers of deliverance are generally kind of new terms. Mm-hmm. It was always understood in the church that an exorcism uh, always had to be done by a priest. Yeah. An ordained priest. Right, right. Because only an ordained priest can directly command the devil. Mm-hmm. Be- not because he's not because there's some kind of law against it, as if God is as if he's sinning by doing it. Although you could make the case that he is, he, if he uh, does. inviting trouble anyway. Right. But just because he doesn't have the authority, right? Only the ordained priest has the authority to give direct commands to the demons. So uh, let's see, Pope Leo the Thirteenth had written down these. Uh, I get he's calling it a minor exorcism. Mm -hmm. And as far as I know, he didn't actually say that it should be used by the lay people. Oh, okay. Um, It it was the the thing is, in order to perform exorcism, you have to not only have an ordained priest, but you have to have the permission of that bishop. Right, right. A priest can't perform an exorcism in in a jurisdiction without the bishop's uh, um, allowance. Right. But with a minor exorcism i.e. these prayers by Pope Leo XIII, you could do that. So there's kind of a relaxation of the rules there. And I think basically that's what the prayers were for. And as well as it, it it's calling the angels and, and calling Jesus and calling the saints to help get rid of a demon. Mm-hmm. Um, but included in the prayers written by Pope Leo the Thirteenth are the are words spoken directly to a demon. Oh, okay. So now that's... some people have decided that this is something lay people could do. And uh, let me find it here. At some point, Ratzinger, before he was Pope Benedict, wrote a letter instructing people not to do these. Okay. Because lay people were getting together in groups and having deliverance prayers. Oh, okay, okay. And his instructions were not to do that, and right. that it would cause trouble. Yeah, I, I imagine. Now, some people have seen this and said, this only applies, number one, to cases of actual possession. And number two, it only applies when you're not uh, commanding the devil to leave you yourself alone in other words i can say 
I can say these words to a demon that's pestering me. I cannot say these words to a demon that's oh, pestering you. pestering another. Okay, okay, right. That's well, what some people have taken it to mean. You know, I, I kind of, that actually, I, I wonder if this, this same priest that, that I was talking to, um, it, it's kind of in that context only that he was saying that you could say these prayers when, when you know that you're being tempted by something mm-hmm. that the only reason you would be tempted is is if something from the outside is planting this thought in your head, and so it's it's like a personal exorcism. Uh huh. And 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 only of obsession, obviously. I mean, if you're possessed, you're obviously not going to be capable of saying a prayer of exorcism. Right. Um. But so I wonder if he's kind of latched onto this this thing you know that you're talking about, which may be a mistake. I mean, it 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 may be that that yeah, as lay people. Even demons who who are pestering us, we want to not ever address directly. Appeal to our guardian angel, appeal to Saint Michael, whatever. Right. Well, that that's my thoughts on it because yeah. exorcism is, is what an exorcism is is commanding a demon to follow any specific order under the authority given by the church and by Jesus Christ. Right. Right. And since you don't have authority, then you can't necessarily do that. And whether you're saying you can change the word to prayers of deliverance, it but if you're talking to the is. demon, yeah, you're still trying Commanding. to perform an exorcism, right? Um, and again, this is—I mean, in the canon law says no one could perform exorcisms legitimately upon the possessed. Unless he has obtained special and express permission from the local ordinary. Right. And that uh, has to the do local, with the legal, legalistic aspect of it. Right. And the local ordinary is to give this permission only to a respiteer who has piety, knowledge, prudence, and integrity of life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where it's addressed. That it, it has to be a priest. But uh, I should have looked that up before we started. Well, a, I thought I had pres- it, but. Presbyter, Presbyter, right? I guess. With, yeah. That, that's a priest. A presbyter okay. is a priest. So there we have it. Now people are pointing to this and saying, well, it says upon possessed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think we can change the words a little bit and try to make these loopholes. I don't think that changes what it is. Yeah. And I've another argument I've heard is Mark 16, uh, verse 17 through 18. And here it is. And And by this quote, people will say, we have authority. Anyone who's baptized has authority over demons. Oh, I know which one you're going to talk about, but go ahead. Okay. And and these signs will accompany those who believe. By using my name, they will cast out demons. Um, so that, that sounds like anyone who's a believer can cast out demons. But oh. then it goes on to say, they will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes in their hands. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. Well, they will obviously. lay their hands on sick. And they will recover. So if you're doing all that other stuff, I guess you probably have authority. I yeah, I don't. You know, I, did you ever hear about that that cult, uh, the the snake holders? No. Yeah, oh they, yeah, yeah. They focus yeah, on I've that, seen a, and they have this. I mean, they have these like rituals, these religious rituals, where they get into these weird, almost sound like American Indian, you know, dance trances, you know, yeah. trance dance things, and they pick up these snakes while they're, you know, and and I mean, I was watching like one of those magazine shows about it or whatever, and this guy had gotten bit by yeah. a snake. Well, because they believe that, you know, he's not going to die, he can't go get medical help. And he's, I mean, his arms all stuff. And it's Jeez. like, I think he ended up dying, but it's like, you know, I, yeah. obviously so you, you got to interpret this passage some other way. 
And this guy had real faith and it still yeah. bit him and he still got hurt. And, and you might have real faith that you have authority over demons because they're bothering you and not some other person. That doesn't give you the authority. Right, right. Um, I would also point out this uh, to anyone who's in that position where they think they should address a demon personally. Um, who has more authority over the demon, you or your guardian angel or Mary? Yeah. So why not use them? Yeah. Why it's... why put the 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 burden on yourself when you don't even know if you have that authority? Mm-hmm. So I guess the point here is don't talk to demons. Right. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. That's sound advice. I mean, technically, I, that, that would be praying to a demon. Right. I, even presuming to command them in Christ's name or whatever. Yeah, that's, that's uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. That's, uh, you know, only danger lies in that path. Yeah. Now, there are, I, I guess, a couple little things here. Um, so you would say we you open the doors uh, for possession by sinning. By doing, committing certain sins Mm -hmm. or by being complicit in it somehow, by using the occult, uh, Ouija boards, things like that. Certainly, yeah. Um, I would maintain that in case of of serious oppression, the same is probably true. I, I, I know there are certain saints who are called specifically to fight the devil and, and to, uh, undergo these kinds of oppressions. People like Padre Pio mm-hmm. and St. Francis of Assisi uh, and I think St. Catherine of Siena was one. Uh, Teresa the Little Flower I think had some problems. Um, but serious oppression where, say, things are being moved physically, I think if if you're experiencing that, you might want to look into some other something other than a demonic Oppression. So, like, I, I okay. First of all, let, let's tell our listeners what oppression is, because they might not know. Okay. So there's, um, I guess there's two different kinds here, and, and I guess one would be pestering, not necessarily oppression. Pestering, as in poltergeists, uh, things moving on their own, uh, your house constantly needing to be rewired because the wires seem to go bad, um, things falling, almost hurting you. Uh, that would probably be more pestering. And there are priests who, there are people and priests who have been pestered. Uh, I think like, like if, if a bishop allows, a, uh, an exorcism in his, uh, diocese, he is often, uh, harassed oh, by demons. Right. Okay. In, in this way, yeah. you know, the car breaking down when he's trying to get to a, uh, uh, someone who's maybe dying and needs last rites, things like that. Um, but I don't think those kinds of things happen unless either one, you're being called to a specific um, battle with a demon or two, you've somehow been complicit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, you know, I, I don't have out and out proof of that, but the demon can only attack you in two ways. Number one, if you give it permission. Or number two, if God very specifically gives it permission. Right, right. So I would say that, I, I mean, you have to seriously consider if, if, if God gave a demon specific permission to pester you, uh, I would say, is there a reason that could have happened? Or did maybe, maybe it's not a demon. And if you've got, say, thoughts, reoccurring thoughts, 
Is it because God gave a demon uh, permission to uh, tempt you this way, or is maybe something bothering you? Mm-hmm. I, now, I guess what this boils down to is I don't believe that de- that demons have is all that much power over us, right? Unless we allow them to, right, right. But, but and we can allow them to by sinning. Yeah, but is any is is every uh you know um. I, you know, I don't want to use the word casual. That's the wrong word. But, mm-hmm. but you know, there's there's lots of sins that we create that we commit throughout the day. And and if we do an examination of conscience at night, maybe we recall, you know, some of them. And and as we, you know, if if we follow like a path of holiness and and really begin to um to free ourselves of even the appetites for sinful things. And then eventually even the appetites of everything that is not God, uh, you know, eventually we get to the point where we commit few enough sins that we can recall every single specific one throughout the day and, and so on and so forth. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I got to think that there's, you know, most people go through the day uh, committing uh, sins um, that are for the most part venial, both, you know, the, the level of, 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 um, matter, you know, it's not grave matter. Uh, right. you know, it's, it's not a grave injustice. It's not a grave, um, violation of, uh, uh, you know, whatever it is. And in the level of deliberation that, that it's okay. They kind of sort of know that they shouldn't be doing this, uh, but they didn't give specific deliberation to this particular act and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. Um, I can't think that, that those kinds of things specifically open us up to, um, uh, um, right. oppression, much less possession. Right. I, and I, I've heard it said that anytime you commit a mortal sin, you are inviting the devil in. And I, I can't say I really agree with that either. Mm-hmm. I, I would say if you uh, are often committing a mortal sin, you might be inviting oppression. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, if, if, if you've gotten to the point where you're an alcoholic, um, on the one hand, you would say, yeah, yeah, you're inviting a demon to to keep you in that state. But on the other hand, I do you does it really take a demon if you're an alcoholic? Yeah, you've, you've got that drive internally. You don't need a demon, right? Yeah, yeah, right. And um, you know, I heard one priest say, um, "The devil is weak when you are strong, and the devil is strong when you are weak." Meaning that when these uh, thoughts occur to you that that maybe maybe it's coming from your own head, but maybe okay, maybe is coming from a demon. If you uh, abandon them quickly and change the subject in your brain and move on and not give time to it and not keep talking about it or thinking about it, um, the demons a, a demon who's trying to put a thought in your head that way has very very little power. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But the but 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 when you when you obsess over that thought, you are actually giving the demon more power. Yeah, yeah. And it becomes harder and harder to abandon that line of thought, and the demon itself gains more control over you. Yeah. Because I, you know, wh- whether we're talking about obsession or oppression, that's really what it's all about: is trying to gain control over you. To get you to do something that would God. be displeasing to God. Right. And the devil only has as much power as you allow it to have. Yeah. I guess that that's that's probably the best way to say that. Um, 
And I, 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 I'm not saying that oppression doesn't happen, and I'm not saying that it doesn't happen often. I think, I'm saying that yeah. it's not anything to be scared of if you don't give the power to the devil. Right. Yeah, those those um, Hollywood movies where, not not like The Exorcist, but, but like, like you know, certain other Hollywoods where... The Emily Rose one, maybe? I never saw that one. I, the, you, you never know, saw that? No, should I? Yeah, I, I mean, on... De- <laughs> I, you're not going to think, such okay, fast, this yeah. is, well, it's a good movie. Okay, the I'll actors to... are good, and uh, it's not It's not like you're going to watch this and say, yeah, that really could happen, because there are plenty of things in here that yeah, I don't right. think could happen. Oh, okay. But uh, it's a good movie with good actors, and it's, I guess it, you would call it somewhat religious. It, it's kind of a step in a good direction. Mm-hmm. Hollywood style because they can't get anything right. Yeah. Well, no, I'm thinking like The Nun, for example. Um, I, you know the, I've the never movies. Seen it. What's that? You haven't seen it. I never seen it. <laughs> well, I, and I'm not going to say you should see it. It's it was stupid okay. in some ways. Um, was I mean, it? It's <laughs> tell you how stupid it is. Okay, so uh, uh, and and without even spoiling it, here's how stupid it was. So there's this gate that they have to close and. They it it's kept otherwise demons of the world or something like that. You know? So this gate okay. and, it's, and it's closed and 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 it has to be sealed with some droplets of the blood of Christ. Um, okay, and so there's this like uh, so like ampule that that from the Eucharist. Well, no, there's this ampule that has like preserved in it some some you know from the blood of Christ. But here, oh. here's the thing: in theory, the the back the the setting of this movie is a Catholic convent. A priest is there as part of the people who are involved in that, and that's exactly my point. Wait a minute, you have a priest. You probably have some wine on the premises. You don't have to go on this dangerous trek to retrieve this ampule with Christ's blood. Right. See, and that's where it's like, okay, Hollywood really doesn't get it. But the other aspect of this movie is it's like, oh well, you know, the fear, you know, this nun, and and the fear that the demon that's in there is going to possess her. Okay, but this is a nun who's in a habit of holiness. Mm-hmm. She has nothing to fear in that sense. That and and that's where you know it's like okay, that kind of Hollywood uh, sort of threat from demons mm. that doesn't exist. That that's the thing right. that we don't have to be afraid of. Right. I I would say that if if you dress yourself in holiness, you have absolutely nothing to fear. Yeah. Nothing. All. It can do is tempt you. I say, it's not even the by put and, on the armor of Christ or something like that. Something you know, right. It, it it really is armor when it comes to something like this. You know, demonic, demonic possession. Um, and, and honesty with yourself is it. That's where it starts. Yeah. And then uh, just every day, because you're going to mess up, and I do, and you do, and mm-hmm. everyone does. But the sense of all right, that's the last time I'm going to mess up. Yeah. Yeah, and you, you commit to, to keep it. trying. I mean, and, and and then it won't be. You have nothing say, to Okay, fear. well that was a, you know, well that I can't do that anymore. Nope, I got to turn my thoughts away from that. Whatever it is, you have to at least just be honest about the reality that this is not something you should be thinking about, and and you need to turn your thoughts away, or you need to turn your actions to something else, or whatever. Right, and uh, also understand that uh, certain there are certain conditions of the brain. And certain conditions of our uh, emotional state 
that can drive us to have certain thoughts mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily from Satan. Yeah. Um, I mean, I there are certain thoughts that pop in my head a lot um, because I'm a man. Um, but it, it just it just takes practice to ignore that. That's just what it what happens. Right. So. Yeah, we we heard your we heard your your fantasy um, podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, the Hulk. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> I'm not even going to say which one that was. Yeah, that was that you guys got to go search for it. <laughs> nobody would uh, record with me. I couldn't get you. Couldn't get Jason. I had to do something. I wanted to make it somewhat entertaining. So uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I like the background music on that one too. <laughs> Yeah, I thought, well, I'll make it even more entertaining. Put some dramatic music in here. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's a reality that you got to be, you got to be honest about, about who you are and, and realize that, yeah, there's, there's, there's times, for example, uh, there's times when, when, uh, let's say it's okay to uh, go ahead and uh, enjoy a drink. Um, uh, There's times when you need to recognize you probably shouldn't. Because it, it can just lead you down a darker path where then your thoughts become, you know, sort of keep spiraling right. around that that uh, uh, that sinful thought um, that you know, could could then become a toehold for a demon to uh-huh. uh, to to kind of get more and more um, of of a, um, uh, you know, of, of a, an offensive image into your mind that that then starts to become a affection that that you, you begin to to want um, you know, whatever it is, it, it's, you know, like we said, it might be pornography, right. it might be gambling, it might be, you know, like, if you're really depressed over getting a pay cut, it's probably not a good idea to drink if you live close by to a casino and you happen to have a problem already with gambling. Well, guess what? You're going to be tempted to think, I know what, right. I'm going to go and, and you know, clear my bank account out, and then I'm going to come home and I'm going to be set for life because I'll have won all this money. You know, that's, that's the kind of stuff that, um, you know, that, that irresponsibility then you're not taking care of your family and and uh you know that kind of stuff but but those are you know the kinds of of occasions to sin that that's where it becomes easy for a demon to kind of slip in and just kind of keep pushing us down along that path uh yeah Yeah, i guess you know what that you know what you're due right you're you deserve it you know and on and on and on that's exactly the right word uh if you're putting yourself in the occasion of sin, that's when you're giving them strength. Yeah. And then maybe you should worry, but you should worry in a sense that you should get out of the occasion of sin. Right, right, right. And and get in the habit of thinking, you know, it's kind of funny. It's it's a um it's it's words you don't even hear much in here. I don't even know if they teach the concept in Catholic schools these days, but occasion of sin. Get in the habit mm-hmm. of thinking of that in that those terms. Oh wait, there's an right. occasion of sin. I need to avoid it. Mm-hmm. If you're driving on your way to work, uh, thinking about the conversation you're going to have with the girl in the office next door because she's a wench bag, um, and how you're going to lay out your argument against her, uh, you're already putting yourself in an occasion of sin by preparing for that conversation. Yeah, and then by walking into her office when you don't really need to walk into the office. Right. So it's. Uh, Little things like that can go a long way. Instead, go ahead and play our podcast while you're driving. Right. Play the podcast and then circle the beads. And then circle the beads. That's right. Yeah. Uh, But that would, if you are being pestered by a demon, those are the kinds of things that would put a stop to it. Yeah. 
aside from frequent confession um, and, and saying the rosary and uh, going to mass. Mm-hmm. And the more you take that approach, the less you have to fear of the devil. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, I've had this conversation with a couple people and they think I'm crazy because uh, you should give the devil his due. And I say, yeah, by all means, give the devil his due. That means don't engage. Yeah. And that's, that's all it's like, it means. You're, it's, you know, don't, don't, be, uh, uh, don't be Johnny and the devil went down to Georgia. You'll never win. Right. That's... So if you uh, have a healthy respect in the sense that you should have nothing to do with them. That's giving him his due. And, and that's right. the safest path. And he is not due the type of awe that we have for God or even the angels. Right. Absolutely. Because he has no power until we give it to him. And that's where, you know, you 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 know, let's say you, you commit some, some grave sin and then you think, Well, you know, the devil must have made me do that and it wasn't really me. Therefore, what? I don't have to go to confession? Uh, right. You know you what? You're, you're giving danger. the devil more than is due there. That the devil didn't make you. You did it. It's it, you know, what's uh, happened is the devil's putting that thought in your head that you don't have to go to confession. On the same token, um, I mean, look, I, it's pretty easy to commit a mortal sin these days. Yeah. I guess it always was, but I think it might be easier now. Um, when you commit a mortal sin, and this is where people will might say, well, I've committed this mortal sin, and that's an invitation to the devil. And there are certain mortal sins, I believe, that are invitation. Mm-hmm. We mentioned abortion last, uh, that, the yeah, last podcast. That would be an, an I mean, this is an example of one, and, and it's not just. An, I mean, that's that's uh, that's excommunication, isn't it? It is in any way being complicit in it. Yes, could I mean it to to I, I don't know the exact wording in terms of the level of uh, complicit complicity, but um, procuring one or providing one. Absolutely, right. Excommunication. Um, I would imagine and procuring one. Even, I mean, that that means if you pay for a, a you know your girlfriend to get one, you're procuring it. Uh, if you drive right. her to the clinic and support her decision to get one, you're procuring it. Excommunication, automatic. Um, and I I would imagine yeah. if you argue her into doing it, you're also oh, procuring it. Yes, yes. Oh well, that's even worse. Plus, you're—I mean—that's that's the sin of scandal, and now you're leading into her into a sin that she may not have chosen. You're leading her right. into an excommunication that she may not have chosen. On her is own. that the one where you tie a millstone around your <laughs> neck and right. go in the lake? <laughs> Jesus said, "You know, who scandalizes uh, one of these? Um, you know, better that that uh, you have a millstone tied around your neck and thrown into the sea. Uh, you know, leading another person to sin." is is one of the worst according to our lord right okay but um okay just to pull up an example uh boyfriend and girlfriend they've been dating for a while and they they you know what Mm -hmm. i i don't think that's an invitation to the devil oh not not in that sense no no i I don't think you're gonna have to worry the rest of your life about being yeah, like uh, oh, I've opened oppressed. up something and and now the devil's going to come in. That yeah, that's that's not the kind of. Uh, I mean, it's a and 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 one of the distinctions that you can make there is that it's a uh, it's a. Um, I, I got to be real careful about about putting it this way because it's it's one of those things that you can open up and almost kind of twist this into an argument for any kind of sin. But yeah, uh, it's an example of um, a uh, you could almost call it a good thing out of place kind of a sin. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's, it's a, yeah. 
Well, okay. So for example, there's that. And then, and then in the, in the case, whereas the case of the abortion is an absolute evil. Um, whereas the, the, the one that you just mentioned, the, you know, fornication is a, um, uh, what we go, it's, it's a, it's a contextual evil. It's the act itself is good, except within the context within which it was committed, then it's evil because, you know, then it's sinful. Um, and uh, in fact, it would be more proper to say it's sinful rather than evil in that context, whereas an abortion is just plain evil. Right. It's the evil ones that really open that door. Right. Now, that having said that, it's like, okay, don't I, I wouldn't want anybody to go and say, oh, well, my particular sin, you know. Oh. Not that bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, the, okay, you know, the, the, uh, we're called to a life. Uh, of holiness that has been very clearly laid out before us by Christ and by his church for 2000 years. You've got to live right. according to that life. You've got to go to confession. You fail. <laughs> right. Now, one more point as far as confession goes. And again, that it would be kind of like this with uh, excommunicated. If you've done something to get yourself excommunicated, then you have to do more than just go to confession anyway. Yes. But you fall into sin and then you go to confession. Right. Now, um, anytime someone like the laity or actually uh, the priests and nuns themselves who either do the uh, exorcism or take part and help in one uh, are always told, make a full confession before you go in. Uh, That makes sense. And uh, first of all, to to give yourself the grace you need to get through this. Mm -hmm. uh, Second of all, because... uh, the demon will tend to call out people's sins. Oh, right. Now, there's a possibility that demons will not see the sins that you've committed in the past that you have confessed. Ah, so you confess your sin, it kind of becomes, it's like, it's like washed now, away uh, in the blood of the lamb. It's like that, right. it, you know, it's, it's no longer visible. It's, it's dissolved in God's mercy then. Now, there might be... Um, you know, if if you've got a demon who say saw you do it or or right, yeah, observe, there's you, there's the material aspect there might of be every a memory that there. can be that can be brought out. Or yeah, if you, if you've got a memory of it that that somehow you know, and that's the thing, if demons can manipulate images, uh, they might try all kinds of images trying to put it through your head. Or I say you, I mean, I'm thinking an exorcist trying to put it through right. an exorcist's head, uh, hoping that one of them triggers. Um, yeah, a a memory Certainly. of a specific sin. Well, then they call that memory to mind. Now the demon can access it, maybe get a hold of it and call it out. Whatever I, you know, that's yeah. I I can imagine that uh, that that danger is there. But but yeah, it makes a lot of sense that going to confession for someone who's going to you know engage a demon would be very important. Right. And now there was uh, another one of these documented uh, possessions where the demon was calling out the sins of, of someone. And, and that person said something to the effect that nothing, nothing you say can bother me. And from the demon's response, you would tend to think that if that person had confessed it, the demon would not know it. Ah, okay. And so when you think about, um, you know, I've committed these sins and now I've invited the devil into my life, you might keep that in mind. Well, right. You know what I mean? Right. The confession does so, does solve this problem. Right. That's why God gave it to us. Yeah. Yeah, we do call evil into our lives when we sin, but we 
kick evil out of our lives when we, we go, go to confession. confession. Right. We we don't we don't change. You know, it doesn't get rid of the appetite for the sin that causes a temptation to commit it again. But it right. really truly does absolve us of the sin itself. Uh, the you right. know, of the committed sin, including any kind of hold over us because of that sin that say a demon might have. So. Um... I think that is the last point that I wanted to make. Yeah, good point. Good point. That that confession, an extremely powerful uh, uh, weapon um, in our uh, you know our our fight for personal holiness. When you know, as we talked about last time, I mean the the just massive armies of demons that are you know trying to to pull us away from God. Yeah, and uh, again, that that's all they want. Yeah, they they want destruction. Uh, especially the destruction of our relationship with Christ. Right. That is their, I guess you you might say that's their highest purpose. It's not really their highest purpose. Yeah, because their, uh, highest, because purpose their highest purpose is their own, you know, I don't know. Their, their highest purpose is selfish by, by definition. Right. <laughs> to somehow get back at God. and But they know that they accomplish this by... Uh, you know you know what? I, I There might be one other thing that uh, we... What ought to mention? Well, we kind of we dove we dove into this when we did the one on ghosts. Ah, uh, yeah. That when demons are somehow interacting with the physical world, it seems to do something to somewhat alleviate the pains of hell. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, you know, I mean that's one of those things that I wonder if Thomas Aquinas ever read, but. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. It, but I mean, this is aside from uh, cases of possession and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. This is biblical. For right. example, when the uh, well, the mute. No, it wasn't a mute demon. Oh, uh, legion. The yeah, right. The one that legion. Jesus uh, sent into the herd of pigs. Right. So they wanted to go in. They didn't want to just go back to hell. They wanted to go into the herd of pigs. And it's not like they're not in hell. Even when they're in the pigs, yeah, that was that, they're still in hell. That's because it's a state of being. One of those passages that really makes you think. But I, I think that's I, I don't know. There's got to be some, like you said, some kind of mitigation of the torment somehow. Right. So wait, and so you, you've you've watched interviews of you know with with extras and stuff. Have you seen any of them touch on that? Um. Yeah. There was. Um. There was one where the the demon was. Um, the demon didn't want to leave because it didn't want to go, quote, back to hell. And the exorcist said something to the extent that you're you're already in hell. And um, I am completely paraphrasing here. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the demon said something to the extent that, um, yes, but I don't feel the full effect of hell when I'm given a charge like this oh. to... Uh, pester or possess this person. Oh, interesting. So even just in in, in pestering, they somehow experience some kind of uh, distraction, maybe from from the torments right. of hell. Right. And so, I mean, from the rest of our podcast, you might think, well, demons don't don't pester us or don't do anything here. And I'm not saying they don't. Right. I'm just no. saying but, you don't have to be afraid of. Right. Them. So okay, okay, all right. So. Uh, that's it. All right, that's it. Uh, wow, we've now gone we got an hour and twenty minutes. We do we have yeah, some news? This is gonna be a long one. Yeah, we do. Uh, let's see. Events. All right. So, you know what? I, I, I'm we're getting these uh, either planned and foiled or carried out uh, plans of uh, terrorism all over the place. And once again, I, I don't. I see very little about who's doing it. And 
I most of the cases, as I look further and further in, I find out it's it's some kind of Muslim. Uh, there was a U.S. Army veteran who was planning to plant a bomb mm-hmm. on a white. It, he was going to bomb a white nationalist rally. Okay. In retribution for the shooting in New Zealand, and I guess there were some. There was some. Oh, remember that guy in New Zealand who had started killing Muslims? Yeah. Okay. This U.S. Army veteran was going to plant a bomb because of that. And at a white. He was also planning here in the states or in New Zealand. Right. Yeah, in the states. Okay. He was also planning to do some attacks on Jews. He he was foiled and arrested. And oh, uh, so not just but, white nationalists, but Jews as well. Right. Um, I guess I don't even remember too much about the New Zealand one because it was a while ago. But I. Over and over, I'm seeing these uh, terrorist attacks, and the more I look into them, they're, they're almost all Muslims. Mm-hmm. Yeah, increasingly. I, That's. I think we should we should brace for this it's because get worse. I think it's going to keep getting worse. Yeah. Um, this is who they are. Period. Yeah. And you you got people have got to quit that that line of thought that they're just normal people who just want to practice their religion freely. Right. And that's not the case. No, no, no it isn't. Period. They want everybody to practice their religion not freely, freely or not. I mean, they yeah. don't care whether it's freely. They want to force part of the Muslim to. religion. And yeah, I mean that is the religion to to force other people to be a part of their religion. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay, I, I'm getting to hear that uh, Rod Rosenstein announced he will resign May 11th. I thought he already did resign. I thought he announced this already. But there it is. He's saying he will resign on May 11th. I don't know why that guy's even around. I mean, he was he was in control of a lot of the uh, Mueller right. investigation. He appointed Mueller. And I, I think he might get into some trouble as... Uh, so as when, uh, so Barr starts these investigations. Yeah, I I mean, I'm seeing that, that... Barr has dropped all kinds of hints that some people are going to be investigated now. The people who were behind these uh, Russia investigations. Yeah, yeah. Right. and I think they should. Yeah, so I think... I, I wonder if uh, Rosenstein is... One of the... Is, yeah, <laughs> Maybe one I don't know. Be I guess we'll see. Yeah, um... WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange is sentenced to 50 weeks in prison. Uh, this is in the UK. Oh, okay. Um, for a breach of bail or something. Um, the US is still trying to get him extradited uh, on charges to... Uh, the charges are conspiracy to commit computer intrusion. I think they'd have a hard time proving that. Yeah, I, I'm not familiar I with the story. Okay. Well, he's the WikiLeaks guy, and oh, um, Mr. WikiLeaks. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Yeah. That's. He, that would be tough. I mean, okay. Was it intrusion, or, 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 you know, did he obtain leaks some other way than hacking government computers or whatever? And it's possible that somebody got the information through intrusions yeah. and then gave David him the information. Him. Once he has the information, it's. Uh, yeah. He's just putting it out there. He's not. Right. That's that's one of those. I don't know what to say about I, him. I mean, I, it's yeah. It's it's one of those things. I don't like to see the government undermined. I'm highly in favor of as much government transparency as possible, and right. I'm a rather um, uh, I don't want to use the word extreme, but but a rather absolutist on um, you know freedom of speech in the sense of being able to say what you know 
unless you're already bound under an agreement of some kind, you know, like NDAs and right. or, or like um, you know, assignment to a government position or something that that, that says okay, you, there's certain things that you can't say publicly. But other than that, right. I'm kind of an absolutist when it comes to free speech as well. So I don't know. That's that's yeah. Know. I mean, we need whistleblowers. That's all there <laughs> exactly. is to it. We, exactly. We need them. So. And you could make the case that that's all he is. Yeah. Um, okay. Now, speaking of free speech, uh, President Putin signed the Internet Sovereignty Bill. Um, I guess there's a lot of people saying this is just going to this is this is just a, a bill against free speech. I guess he um, he wants a isolated internet landscape the way the way China does, you know. Oh, so this is for Russia, right? Uh, yeah, it's Russia clamping down on free speech, right? Following the Chinese and, model. Yeah, uh, it's that's scary that that increasing parts of the world are are being put behind. I mean. You know, we referred to the Iron Curtain back during the Cold War, right? Yeah. Uh, this is a cyber curtain. Yeah. I mean, that you know, and China's China's already behind it. Now Russia's going to go behind it. Uh, we're we're going to have another Cold War with a cyber curtain instead of an Iron Curtain. And it may be one of those things that, that turns from a Cold War into a hot war at some time. I don't know. But, but yeah, this, these are not right. good developments. Well, and then you add to this, uh, North Korea fired some uh, short-range projectiles oh. from the east coast city of Wonsan. Oh. Um, I don't... I don't think it's a huge deal. It it wasn't like those nuclear warheads. No, they're not nuclear um, warheads. But so okay, so they fired not the, nuclear sh- warheads. Nuke. They weren't long range. Right. The type that would carry nuclear warheads. Right. But so I, I'm not sure what he was doing there. I again we mentioned last week that some of the negotiations seem to be falling apart when he's meeting with Putin. Yeah. So. And and then he, he he's calling Trump on some two million dollar thing that he says we owe him. Yeah, yeah. and I I think this is all just uh, part of his. Yeah, yeah, I think. But the problem so is, I, I mean, he could... he may be, uh, you know, uh, you know, on the one hand, there's North Korea with regards to the entire international community, and and the United States is part of that. On the other hand, there's North Korea with regards to South Korea. And and yeah. and you know I I think clearly Kim Jong Un you know any any North Korean um, uh, dictator is going to want a united Korean peninsula and they're going to want to subsume South Korea back into their dictatorship. Yeah, I get. I guess we keep our eye on that. Uh, free winds cruise ship. The free winds cruise ship. It's a ship owned by the Church of Scientology. Okay. Um, they were the whole ship was quarantined. Uh, here's how this is quoted: over concerns of a measles epidemic. Oh, wow. after it is reported that one of the passengers has the disease. Oh, yeah. Uh, the The problem is so, that on a well, I guess ship, it could be an epidemic if they don't believe in vaccinations. Well, that's true. But it was quarantined not by them, but by the probably by the harbor master. Like, hey, you ain't getting off right, the ship, it was a and civil we can't let you leave. Thing. And Saint Lucia, I don't know where that is. Oh, wait, Saint Lucia? Uh, it's I. I thought it was. Oh, that's a in Caribbean, Caribbean island. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's down okay. there, pretty close to Venezuela, like off of Venezuela. Yeah. Okay. So that's where that was. Yeah. Uh, don't know the results of that yet. Uh, we got another Democrat running, Michael Bennett from Colorado. He's a senator from Colorado. Another Democrat? Uh, he's going to run for print. Yeah. I you know, I think I think that's one of those things where they're just they're looking for another Trump. 
You know, they're, they're throwing as many people as they can into the mix, hoping one of them will pan out. Oh. I kind of see... It's like they're a spray and pray uh, strategy here. Yeah. It's, they're hoping <laughs> one happen? of these people it's, stick and, you know, and take leadership. It's kind of funny. I, I keep seeing these... Um, uh, uh, with, you know, conservative commentators and, and, and writers uh, saying, well, if the Democrats want to have a chance of defeating uh, Trump uh, 2020, here's what they have to do. And and I think they're always correct in what they're saying. And obviously one of the things is about this great big field, uh, you know, that, that's kind of just diluting the, the Democrat message. And, and then you've got the, the infighting between the, you know, the, the new young crowd like AOC and the, the old guard like, like uh, Pelosi and them. Uh, yeah. What I keep wondering is why on earth are you telling the Democrats how to defeat Trump in 2020? Keep your mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> Write it up <laughs> privately and then stow it away and then after the election bring it out and say, "Hey, by the way guys, here were my thoughts <laughs> during 2019 and <laughs> 2020." You know the uh the left is here's the thing about the left. They absolutely refuse to learn why Trump has his followers. Yeah. And to that end, we we could tell them, but they will never they'll never accept it because they'll never question what they might have done wrong or what Trump might be doing right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, They'll never yeah, be able to use that same strategy. Exactly. Because so. Oh well. No. I, uh, I, let's see. We got we got Trump. Okay, get this. The California Senate passed a bill that uh, that specifies that any presidential primary running in the primaries um, has to release their tax returns. Oh. <laughs> So if you don't release your tax returns, you can't run in the primaries. Yeah, that's so stupid. I don't even understand how they could do that. I, they couldn't do that, could they? So how can the uh, California Senate pass laws for what? The the GOP? That's true. That's It's the party who does that. That doesn't even make that's sense. That's the parties. The parties, the, the Senate, the, the federal government can't pass laws about the individual party corporation. Right. I mean, they act, I mean, they, they pass some laws, you know, like, like, for example, donations and stuff like that, you know, certain kinds yeah. of things. But no, I don't, I don't think they can, I don't think they can mandate stuff like that for the candidates within the primaries. Yeah. Cut, cut that. Well, they did what they did. I guess we'll wait and see out. what happens to it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I will. That sounded stupid. Yeah. No, I, I completely missed that. Yeah. You're talking about primary, not general election. That's right. There's no way. Okay. There's no way. I don't know. I did, they're doing all kinds of crazy things. and well, You know I, what it is? They're desperate. Yeah, they are. Desperate. They are I mean, so desperate. It's like... You know what would be funny? Is if uh, Trump said, well, you know what? I didn't get California anyway, and I don't need California, so I guess don't put me on the ballot. In California. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he still wins. That, that would be, be awesome. That would be awesome. <laughs> because you know he wants that's not gonna happen he knows he's not but, gonna get california right uh, so know, who cares so yeah well there are some states right now trying to say that whoever wins the popular vote will automatically get all of their elector votes um i think that's not no wait a minute wait a minute um most states are like that no, no, not the popular vote of that state. The popular vote of the country. Oh, so like some state, like like like. I think Colorado's one. Like of them. Colorado's saying, 
Oh, so if all the big population centers, New York, California, uh, I don't know, wherever, Florida, I don't know where, the, you know, but but if, if the big population states, if they all vote like 80% for this candidate, so that even though all the other states disagree and they only vote close to 50-50 and the president gets all the electoral votes from all these other states, but the popular vote of the country overall goes in favor of the other candidate... Well, our electors go in favor of that other candidate. Wow, that would be supremely stupid. That's like it's like they're surrendering. It'd be terrible. They're surrendering their voice as a state. Right. It's like, hey guys, we're gonna take a back seat. Y'all, y'all speak for us. I mean, think right. about what that means for the people of that. I can't imagine any state. I, I can't imagine the people of any state supporting that. I think you know what I mean. A lot of people in a lot of states have lost their sense of. Uh, statehood. The 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 sovereignty of the states has been diminished to the point where people don't really understand what it is and why we have it. Sheesh. I mean, they may as well elect senators. Well, you know, why have two senators per state? Let's just elect a hundred right. senators at large throughout the country. Right. You know, I mean, that's a, that's that's how much sense that makes. That is literally uh, taking the the voice out of the small man yeah well i i mean i don't know if these things are going to pass or not or or if they're going to be able to uphold the fact that people are even talking about them the the fact that they're weird here's the thing yeah the fact that people who would talk about them and who would support them have been able to get elected you you know what i mean I, i mean think about how stupid the people who are voting for these people have to be to elect somebody who is that stupid well, uh, just look you at know? AOC and... For example. Yeah, it's weird that anyone... I, I don't know. I, I, it's weird that anyone could be that stupid and not know they are that stupid. <laughs> but And then to get votes <laughs> yeah, by exactly. people I that know. stupid. I know. It, I, this, it's, it, it, this is, is enough disaster. to make you want to despair, uh, you know? Yeah. Okay, one more thing. Did you watch the Kentucky Derby? No, I don't watch uh, horse races. Okay. Um, so, it, I mean, it was kind of a big deal because mm-hmm. I don't like watch, I don't make a point to watch them, but it's on every year at mom's house and I was there at mom's house and it was on. So I happened to walk in the room just as the race went. You know what? I'm terrible at remembering all these horses names. So <laughs> this horse was names. way out in front uh-huh. and the guy on his right starts creeping up. Okay. Now, when you're in front, where do you hug? You hug the wall, right? Uh, yeah, because that's the shortest path, right? So this guy on the right is creeping up on him, and suddenly he shifts out in front of him. To block him, for example? That's what I thought was going on. When I watched it, that's what I assumed was happening. Apparently, you're not allowed to do this. Okay. I didn't know that either. Uh, or even care. Well, yeah, But yeah. he did move out in front of this other horse. And then... The guy on the inside started creeping up, and he moved back in front of that horse to the point where their hooves practically touched. Wow. It, it looked dangerous. Yeah. It looked real dangerous. And then he went on to win the race. Okay. And then there was an objection, and he lost the race. So, well, I like... They so took it work? Like they He add... was disqualified. Okay, they disqualified him completely. They didn't just add so much this time. Right. Okay. He's disqualified... 
I guess I don't know exactly what the rules were broken. I don't know if it's because he was uh, go he was reckless and could have caused problems. I heard that mentioned a lot, mm-hmm. or if because you you have to stay in your lane. Um, I don't know exactly how that works. Yeah, I don't think again. I, don't think I never cared enough. In the lane so much, but yeah, okay, so yeah. But he did lose. Yeah. Now here's the other thing: the two guys that he cut off, uh-huh. they did not win. The guy who came in second won. Who was the guy who came in second? Was neither one of those other two people? Oh wow! So interesting. It's kind of weird. I, I don't think anything like that's ever happened before. Uh-huh. So, when you go into work tomorrow and people talk about the Derby, that's what they're talking about. That's what they're talking about. It's kind of a big deal. (laughs) Yeah. I'll see if anybody talks about the Derby. (laughs) Okay. Uh, That's all I got. You got some? You know, I have a few things from the Nation of Nonsense. Okay. Okay, good. (laughs) uh, First of all, and this is is strange, but but, uh, uh, in a way... A little bit tragic too. Um, so, you know those bounce houses that you can rent that yeah. blow up and and you know, they always had them at the Harvest Home. I rented one. We used to do. Also, oh, you've rented one for your kids. Did you attach? Yeah. Did you attach it to the ground? Uh, I did not. The guy who came out and set it up for me. It was attached. He hooked it up for it me. It was attached to the ground. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, in in uh, uh, Washington State. Uh, at a place called Zilla High School, uh, some students were injured when a gust of wind lifted the bounce house uh, into the air. Jeez, ten to twenty feet high into the air. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Now. So did it come down on the bouncy part? I don't know. It. They don't have video. Oh. I, I didn't see. Okay. I didn't, they, they don't have video on this one. It's just. It's like you know, ten to twenty feet in the air. Um, five students were injured. Yeah. Um, you know, mild stuff, concussion, possible concussion, minor injuries, stuff like that. Uh, one student received CPR and shock treatment and then was airlifted to a hospital, but, you know, I think he survived and everything. Um, but, you know, you would think, okay, bouncy house, tie it down. Yeah, now, that would be the here, thing Here's the do. thing. In uh, China, uh, similar thing. Uh, so so the, the one I just told you about is, um, oh, when did this actually happen? Three days ago, so so reported on May second, China reported a month earlier. So these guys in Washington could have learned something. Uh, a bouncy house flies up. Two children were killed as this Ow. bouncy house was was thrown up um, by a, a kind of a freak dust devil that that hit the area. Yeah. Now this one, there's video, and when you consider that there are kids in the bouncy house it's kind of disturbing uh yeah i can't watch those kinds of yeah i i'm i'm uh you know if you search you know china i I don't know if you search yeah bounce house so search china bounce house china bounce house and and you can find it folks who are listening i don't know if we'll put it on our our you know website because it's like i said when you think about the fact that there are kids in there you don't see any kids but when you think about wow there's kids in there this video yeah. is really disturbing. So anyway, yeah. it, but but then you know in Washington, apparently not having learned the lesson, it happened again in the twenty feet high, uh, and a few students got some minor. In- so, wow. Now that's that's just kind of weird. Um, now here's one that's kind of funny. Uh, so cops spotted a um, <laughs> it's a can of Chef Boyardee uh, ravioli. Uh, running down the road with uh, what looks like uh, skateboard wheels on it, and they were so spooked out by this that they shut down the street and um, the 
uh, red line train that runs below the street. Wait a minute. They saw a can of ravioli. A can of ra- ravioli. Like a, a guy dressed up as a can of ravioli? R- riding around on a set of skateboard wheels. What looks like skateboard wheels with a little antenna sticking out the back. Well, tape, Wait a minute. Tape the, it. Was it an actual can or a guy dressed up as no, a No, no, an actual can. A little, a little can of ravioli. Oh, just a little can of raviolis. And with some wheels to it. Moving along the street. So they shut down the street. Can you imagine? And the red line train underground. Can you imagine the kids giving each other five high or high fives after something like that? Yeah, apparently. They shut down the street. Uh, it was probably just part of some robotics. Uh, you know, they were doing a test of some robotics right. project at, at the local college. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I think I think it I think street. it was the fact that it was Chef Boyardee that had everybody spooked. <laughs> if it were Campbell's, that might have been that'd okay. Be okay, <laughs> but not Chef Boyardee. Those Italians. That's right. <laughs> and especially in Chicago, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. This next one is uh, um, <laughs> this is truly bizarre. <laughs> Um, maybe you've heard about this. I, I, I had not heard about this guy before. This name is, uh, Thomas Tremaglini. He's a super, he's an ex-superintendent of, uh, Kenilworth Schools, um, in, uh, New Jersey. No, I've never heard of him. Okay. <laughs> he resigned after pleading guilty. This is the first part of the story. He resigned after pleading guilty, uh, to, uh, defecating on the track field of another high school uh, about a year ago wow now he he okay it's not like he did it once uh he did it again and again it was like they would keep finding human poop out on their track and they were wondering so they finally set up some surveillance like and i guess he was stupid enough not to realize they would eventually set up surveillance they caught him on film doing it so he pleaded guilt pleaded guilty um to something or other uh there were like three or four counts against him. He pleaded guilty, paid a $500 fine, resigned as the superintendent. The other charges went away, but I, and it, it was a low-level crime, and, and maybe according to, you know, standard practice, they shouldn't have done this, but the police released his mug shots and, and the charges. So yeah. now he's suing the police department for releasing his mug shot, claiming that the agency's actions smeared his reputation. Smeared? smeared. <laughs> what? I think I think the smearing started before they released the, the mugshot. Right. Do, you know that reminds me a lot of the the Mad Pooper. Was there? I I never heard of that. Have you ever heard about no. that? There was a jogger who kept defecating in people's front yards. Like he's jogging along, and it's like, okay, sorry, my system's been moving along. I got to go now. And and yeah, actually, was it she? She was it like during the daytime? Wait a this wasn't in Cincinnati. Was this in Cincinnati? No. Um. And uh, she would be jogging and suddenly have to go. And this one lady came outside. Her kids were in the front yard playing. Uh-huh. And this lady walks into the yard, pulls her pants down, and, and goes to the bathroom. <laughs> and she comes out and sees her. And she's like, are you, are you serious? <laughs> are you really doing that right in front? And, she's, and the lady's like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> and then gets back up and takes off. So did this happen more? It than was once? a big deal for a while. Nobody could figure out who it was. Uh-huh. Like, like, like they would see him, but they couldn't connect to the person, oh, and then okay. finally uh, uh, arrest the person. So, uh, yeah, there was the, they called her the Mad Pooper. <laughs> did they finally catch her? 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's so bizarre. I mean, what? Yeah, you got to be sick in the head. Uh, both these yeah. cases. Well, you know, this guy, he, after they released the mugshot... Smeared his name all over the place, he, huh? He, he became known as the pooper intendant. The school pooper intendant. <laughs> I'm going to call the pooper. <laughs> the thing is, they've got this picture of him on... on uh, on on uh, the story, and I mean, he's like he's got this really super conservative haircut. He's in this business suit with the tie, and, and it's like, what was this? Just like our team's better than your team, so I'm gonna poop on your field? I don't or no? It's it's like I, I I don't even know how to go into the mind of somebody who does that. <laughs> People do some weird things. I mean, if it was Walmart, okay, I could understand, but <laughs> yeah, you expect that kind of thing at Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, that's that's it for the nation of nonsense. Yeah, I guess that's enough. Enough of that dirty talk. That's right. We gotta clean the show up a little bit. Yeah. All right. So um, let's see. Don't be afraid of demons, but uh, go, to go to confession, confession and, and say your as rosary. always, circle the beads. Circle the beads. Um, think about what we said, and we hope to see you next week. Uh, wait a minute, you're not going to be here next week, I will week, not be here you? next week. Hopefully you can get Jason to record with you. Yeah, I, hopefully. It's it's hard to get him. He'll say, yeah, I think I can, and then he never... <laughs> like, you see the conversations be- between us right be- leading up to a podcast. He never replies. Yeah. So uh, hopefully I'll tack him down on it and get him to commit. Uh, i got to come up with a good subject, I guess. Something he already knows about that doesn't have to do any work. There you go. Yeah. All right. Um, Well, thanks for listening. Bye, everyone.